Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Okay, today's podcast is called Three Ways Your Intuition Builds Confidence. So I could talk probably forever on the subject. There's just so many exciting and amazing things that come through the work of waking up to and understanding our intuition. Um, but I'm just going to try to break it down to the three most incredible ways that understanding, trusting, and accessing and controlling your intuition absolutely builds confidence in people. It changed my entire reality. And I see it change confidence above all in my students. So I'm excited to jump in. Uh, Let's do that. So number one, trust. The first thing that comes from waking up to your intuition is that you learn to trust yourself. So through clairsentience, let's say, so that clear feeling, uh, when you're sensitive and you can read people feeling-wise, you really know people, or claircognizantly, right, where you just have a quick download, and you're typically pretty right about people you become the human bullshit detector, you know? So if you have this Claire, if you have this skill, uh, you, you know, people can no longer say to you, like when you read somebody, they cannot tell you you're wrong. And, you know, we've talked about sort of the nuances of like maybe the first download you get, you don't really kind of like the person or they feel scary or dangerous or untrustworthy. And maybe they are untrustworthy, but you know, for their role in your life, maybe there's no reason for you to have to trust them. So you can adjust how you interact with them because there's nothing for you to lose because you don't have to trust them. Um, So you can appreciate maybe their sense of humor or, you know, different aspects of people. And if there is a trust issue there, and these people have to be a part of your life, you know that there's that energy of lack of trust. You trust that. Um, If you're like me, where you would read people and you are incredibly accurate on it, if you would share that with somebody, they would tell you you're being mean or you're judgmental or, you know, all these things. So my sort of knowing people was perverted in that I get the download, but then I wouldn't trust myself. So, but, and then maybe I'd go out of my way to be nicer to them because I didn't really get a good download. And so to shame myself, maybe I'd really be extra nice and extra friendly to make sure that they felt comfortable because of what I did to them. You know, I read them. (laughs) So these are just things that, you know, I, I, I share that part because we, we want to reclaim that part of ourselves if it was perverted or twisted in our early life. If it's a skill you don't have, it's a skill you can build through clairsentience. Um, and, you know, to be able to trust yourself, to know that, that the feelings you get, the information you get is trustworthy. I mean, we are created to be able to read our environment. We are not just thrown into this world blindly. And so the way to read energetically is through, for sure, that clear clairsentience, clairfeeling, but the, the other part is that clear knowing, claircognizance. It just downloads. You just really know people. So 
if it's something that you're doing, just really start to protect that and embrace that and refine that. It's a, if it's something that you've not really thought about, well, think about it. Think about what, how you meet people, how you interact with, if you see a neighbor walking down the street, do you read them? Do you have an opinion of them? Do you have a judgment, quote unquote? Sometimes we want to reframe judgment um, as perhaps reading because we like it or not, we are reading our environment. And that's not necessarily a judgment. It's just a information that you've accessed through your intuition. Right? Like, I have shared the story before where when a couple years ago, my son was out playing with neighborhood friends, and he came in and actually smiled at me. And then he went upstairs. But the smile versus the feeling I had did not compute. So I gave it about 10 minutes. And then I ran upstairs and asked him what's going on. And I had to actually work for it. He's normally really upfront, but he's just really didn't want to tell me what was up, but he had a really uncomfortable encounter outside and um, he was trying to protect me <laughs> from, from knowing what happened or, you know, feeling responsible to take care of it. But, you know, I'm his mom. So I went and took care of it right away. But these are, this is what I'm talking about. You're trusting your intuition. You, it builds confidence because I just knew because I'm do this professionally, but let's just say if I didn't do this professionally, I would have to know myself enough to know, ah, he smiled at me, but that didn't feel right. You know, or maybe your husband comes home and he's acting like everything's okay. Uh, and maybe honoring the fact that you feel like, no, something's definitely off or he's off or something at work happened or so a, a lot of our loved ones, not necessarily mine so much, but let's just say in the old days before I was really on top of this with everybody, you know, people do that. How are you doing? You know, oh, I'm fine, you know, but, and then you as a sensitive are feeling like that doesn't feel right, but they said they're okay and I don't want to push or bother. So you drop it. But maybe you as the sensitive can't, can't let it go because the energy of perhaps the problem is right there in your face. So we want to honor the sensitivity within you and knowing your intuition really does start to build voice. I, I, for most of my life did not have a voice. And so when I went to go articulate the energy, I didn't really have the words or the confidence to even say what I was getting. So when you just really know that, you know, and you get, you get real comfortable with like, ah, I just feel like something's off. And you start connecting your voice to the feeling. For me, it took skin cancer, wake up, wake up call in 2010, but for hopefully for you, not so dramatic, just kind of start to respect this and notice this part of yourself. And then really, no matter what the consequences, sometimes learning to ask questions, you know, some people don't like to be questioned. But me as a sensitive, if I'm if, if I'm feeling something and these people are in my space, I'm going to ask some questions because I do want some information. So my intuition calms down, if you will. It's the cliche. If an elephant walked in the room, let's not pretend it's not there. As a sensitive, the elephant's there. Everybody's pretending it's not. And then you pretend too. that's totally out of alignment for who and what you are. So with that trust, the most wondrous thing about 
intuition and confidence that comes from it is your voice starts to connect to the truth of the information that you receive through your intuition. Okay, the second way your intuition builds confidence is that you know the cues that are right for you. So you really respect the way heaven or your guides communicate information to you. You're the one experiencing the images that that compel you or propel you to move to New York City when you're 20 years old. You're the one who experiences the connection with a guy at the gym that one day you'll ask out and be married to three months later. You're the one who feels that. You're the one who experiences all of the clairs around that, the information. And so, yes, I'm talking about myself, but... (laughs) I didn't connect these dots back then, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to share this personal way where life is not necessarily logical. And so when I, you know, I was definitely one of these people that I, you know, I was rebellious to a, to a degree, but then I also doubted myself, um, not when I was little so much, but it was trained into me to not trust myself, to constantly doubt myself, to uh, look outside, if you will, for answers about my life to anyone and everyone other than myself. Um, and I see this with, you know, even grown women to this day um, still have some information come to them. You know, they feel like they need to go to a writer's retreat, if you will. And they ask everybody, what do you think of that? And I, you know, if they're working with me, I'm like, ah, you know, only you can answer that. So let's, let's talk to your guide. Let's see what the cues are, uh, how you're experiencing this knowing that you need to go on a writer's retreat, or how are you experiencing knowing that it's right for you to go to college or not go to college if you're sort of at that precipice of decision making. Um, So your what's right for you, you're getting those cues all the time. Um, The defining factor that can be confusing for people is timelines, because some people tend to timeline themselves about five years out. Uh, When I was younger, I was always about five years ahead of myself. I was about five years when I knew I'd moved to New York City. And so I tortured myself for five years, (laughs) thinking I should have been in New York City, even though I was quite young. Um, and kind of knew I was ready to get married. And I, I was a couple years until that was the right moment in time. And then, you know, of course, when I, it was time for me to get married, it just came. So, um, I think I've shared this before. It's like, I went to the gym and this guy came around me and his ears turned bright red. And I just found that so charming and there was energy there. And so I ended up asking him to go out um, to dinner or a drink or something. I don't remember exactly. Um, but he's like, yeah. And how about like an extra thing? And then we were inseparable and we were married like three, four months later. So logically, even at the time people were like, eh, do you guys know each other good enough? And you know, uh, what's, what's so great about this guy or, you know, so to other people's minds of rational decision making, (laughs) 
<laughs> the way that my cues worked um, was unique for me and to me as it is for you too. You have um, your own rhythm. And I would say as the, mo the more confident you get with your intuition, you can be more in an accurate timeline. So I got my timeline down to about two years about five years ago where like I was always ahead of myself about two years and this should be happening or this is going to happen or this is where I want to be. So really still hard to stay in the moment, you know, be present in my life. And then the more confident I got with my intuition, I can really get, I'm, I'm under a year now where I just really know where we're going to be, what's going to go on, what kind of decisions I need to make today so that where my energy is, I can start bringing that towards us. I can prepare for that. Um, so that's it. You know, where people, you can check your timeline because maybe you don't trust yourself because you never quite hit the mark in terms of like when certain things should happen or would be happening for you. Um, and that can be a skill that you just work on. It can be something that you learn to refine with time and active use of your clairs. Um, learning to ask questions around images. So let's just say if, if I was advising myself as a, uh, you know, a teenager, okay, you're going to move to New York City, I'd ask questions around that. Like, does that feel like when you graduate? Or does that feel like when you're older or kind of asking more textual questions so that a I could respect where I am in life because we are where we are. And the beauty is in the moment. Um, but also, you know, making decisions to plan there because what kind of happened is that um, I, I'm, I'm stubborn and I'm strong willed. So I was in real estate at the time. And I worked really hard to be where I was at the time. But you know what, New York was like upon me. And logically, I wouldn't have left my real estate career. And so what the guides do, Carolyn Mace talks quite a bit about this, where, you know, first heaven sends like a knock, and then they send the next thing and then they burn your house down, you know, like just as a metaphor for like how guidance can work if you're not listening. And that's what happened. Like I, I, I needed to be in New York by September and, you know, July's there and I'm really not wanting to go to New York by all logical means. That didn't make sense. I worked really hard on my real estate career. I had a boyfriend at the time. I mean, it just, and so shit hit the fan as life can do. And it just shook everything up, broke up with my boyfriend, um, you know, and he had to, of course, do things that made me break up with him. And uh, real estate, I had a client that was just completely traumatic. It was like one of these guys that came in in the night from Georgia, pretended to be a big, uh, a big wig real estate investor. You know, I intuitively knew something was off the, with the guy. So I had a fellow realtor with me and apparently he didn't like that. And he got on the plane and left the next day. And then uh, we, you know, of course my office thought that was super creepy. And so a fellow realtor, she had her brother who's a detective look up the guy's information and there was no such man. So of course that was so traumatic. Of course I just wanted to jump on the next train and get to New York City. So the point is, is that when we really use and trust and work with our intuition, those things need not happen. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go through the crazy town stuff to get you to go in the right direction. <laughs> but 
if things tend to work that way for you, let that just be okay, you're strong willed. And there's nothing wrong with being strong willed. Um, my favorite people are the most strong willed. Because um, these people are people that will get done what need be getting done. Um, and also, if you're a little bit rebellious, that's also okay. It's just that we don't want that rebellious archetype to work against you when it comes to your own personal life, of course. So while really working with, you know, what are the cues for me? You're tuning into how the the visions you're getting, you know, do you keep seeing New York City over and over? Or do you keep feeling like you need to take a trip or uh, so you're, you're really paying attention to how the Claire's are communicating with you. And then you're asking questions around that. And then you're waiting for more information from the Claire's to mm, confirm or affirm what you're getting intuitively. Okay. You know, and one more fine point on that too, is that when you have a guided life, you, you do surrender to the information. So I tend to not, I, yes, I make logical decisions financially and for my family and, you know, I feed them logically, you know, it's none of that's willy nilly, but, um, we can move quite a bit for my husband's career. And when I used to try to control that, I literally used to just completely kneecap myself and maybe my family because, um, I had belief systems that, uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to do that or, and, and there was no reason behind it. So I had, we just had some things come up that was like, you know, maybe our family is meant to travel. And so wherever this belief system in me came up that no, you shouldn't have to travel. I had to really confront that. I have a sense that like my, my grandma was the most stable person in my life and she, you know, lived on her property forever. And she, my grandpa built the house and she passed away on the property. And I, I, I think in the name of trying to provide a stable life for my children, when my husband's career kept taking off and kept wanting to take us to different states. I was, it was going against my desire for my family life. Maybe it symbolized chaos and unrootedness and not belonging when really it was an invitation to step into the life I was meant for and called for. And my daughters lived in five different states and my son has moved uh, to different states and I've lived in a lot of different states <laughs> in here in America. Um, and I'm better for it. I'm better for it. I understand my culture better. I understand people better. Um, I can speak to how people are seeing the world because I've lived in different environments. Um, so when these opportunities come up for us now, we go after it. We're like, how is this going to be awesome for us? And yeah, my daughter is going to be graduating soon. And they're, you know, that is part of the conversation of, okay, maybe over the next two years, maybe not so much because she's a big factor in that. And then, you know, not to go down a rabbit hole on that, but so it's this where, where, man, your belief systems or people can tell you like, you can't go, you shouldn't travel, you shouldn't move. Um, or maybe you are a person that is just absolutely called to stay in the same place. That's also a gift. That is also, mm, that is also a beautiful thing. If that's what's true for you, that's your calling. That's your destiny. That's your connection. What have you, um, 
I see that energy in my father-in-law where he is the streets and the country roads that he drives on since he was born. He is, that land is as much of him as it, as he is of the land. Um, and so when he passes away, let's just say it's not so much where he'll be buried, but rather the streets that he drove. Um, he is all of that. So we just really, it's only about what is the truth for you. Okay. And so number two is knowing what the cues are for you is the most important thing. Cues through your intuition, images you keep seeing. Maybe you are looking through books or through magazines and you keep like seeing New York stuff come up. And then maybe you go into a store and that song about New York is playing on the radio. You know, these, these are the ways the spirit world communicates with us. We're our spirit guides. We're heaven communicates with us because we do tend to live busy kind of head down lives. Um, and so they do make an effort to get information to us through our environment for sure. Okay. And the third one, which is the most exciting one, which is the most transformative is that your intuition builds confidence through knowing and accepting who and what you are. So, man, this is such a vast thing that I'm going to try to refine as best as I can. But over the mm, 15 years I've been working with the public, one of the most consistent things my students say to me after a while, right, we've been working together for sure for six months or a year and they, their guards are down and they're they've filled me out. You know what I mean? They know who I am. They trust me. Um, the, what they say to me is I have never in my life had anyone see me and understand me the way that you do. And I'm, I'm used to that now. I mean, it used to take my breath away, but I, what they are saying is so I had to confront in 2010, that whole skin cancer awakening was I had to confront who and what I was, because I was definitely pretending to be pretending to be something I wasn't, you know, and we do that through programming and ple people pleasing and through shame. And there's so many reasons that we uh, can lose ourselves over the course of our lifetime. We can get married and lose ourselves. We can become a mother and totally lose ourselves in the name of being a good mother. Um, and we're, we're, what I would invite us to do is just to integrate titles and integrate these things into our lives rather than like take a cultural sort of ideal and try to make ourselves fit that. Um, so what in this work, I am basically explaining people to themselves. I'm explaining to them how they're using their clairs. I'm explaining to them how old of a soul they are or, or they aren't. I'm explaining to them why they do the things that they do. And if these are solid things that are within them, we celebrate and protect them. And if these are things that they're doing that are, is not in alignment with who they specifically are, then we go, we, we try to go back to the healing stuff. Like, where did this come from? What is the energetic pattern here? What was the programming um, that you took on so that you'd make other people feel what, right? So we kind of go in and we dissect it and we work with it. And if it's not in alignment with who you are, we 
you know, do our best to heal it and let it go. Now, if, some people have interesting things that are just straight up who they are. And, you know, it, it's kind of like, right, I have a girlfriend who's like almost six foot tall. And she is just innately New York and aggressive to us West people. <laughs> you know, we're sensitive to that energy. And she is just in your face, New York, very honest, which I love, 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 love about her. And there are times where she will kind of have like little girl mannerisms and kind of shrink. And in though I completely understand why she does that. And that's the thing, right? Somebody who understands seeing us there's just nothing to feel ashamed about. There are reasons we all do different things. So the work with is like, the work is about getting us to just, hey, I'm six foot tall. I'm not, but she is, right? So like, let's never patronize ourselves and pretend to be anything smaller and more petite than that. Like she's magnificent in who and what she is. And, you know, and that's for all the different things, you know, if you come from the country and you talk like the country, then be of the country, you know, like that's part of you. Um, if you're a sensitive, you're a freaking sensitive, whether you like it or not, whether people like it or not, and whether anybody understands it, it doesn't matter, but you'd better understand it. You need to understand what that sensitivity means. And it is your superpower. It is not your, uh, it's not your problem, it's your gift. And so it's your intuition, right? The invitation from the soul to communicate from the soul and with the soul is the invitation to know who and what you are. So for example, another example, you know, I've, there are a couple of really ancient students I work with, they think they're just an every average, every, you know, everyday Joe which is so typical <laughs> because of course, all the things that make them old and all the ways that the society is changing into something new and different, they struggle with because they've done things on this planet a very long time, a certain way. And so there's this like misguidedness that older souls like are fine with everything. And in fact, older souls can sometimes be more rigid because the way they've done life on this planet is very much in the depths of their cell memory. So not to get off, that's a whole other conversation, but really it's just knowing who and what you are um, so that you can open heartedly be that in the world and unapologetically be that. And if somebody has questions or comments, you can handle those questions and comments because you know who in the hell you are right? To know yourself. Um, it's my life's work. It's how I work with the public, with my clients. It's how I work in my family. I mean, there are things about my family members that will not change. And so let's just say if my son is having a problem with his sister, it's like, yes, there are some things that can be worked on. And there are other things that are just straight up the way that they are. And it's my job to protect that and encourage that and just inform the other like, this is the way she sees the, this is the way, this is the lens that she sees the world. And it doesn't matter if you don't like it, that's the way it is and vice versa, because they're very different, <laughs> which is wonderful. They're very, very different. And 
in in all truthness, like it's our differences that make us all the same. We are not the same. We don't think the same. We don't like the same things, yada, yada. So, you know, this is an invitation to just really embrace and get to know yourself on just a very spiritual level, quite frankly. And I don't use that cliche. I don't use that term with cliche-ness. It's just, who are you as a soul? Right? And so your spirit and your soul, it is can, can communicating with you through those clairs. So for example, um, if you kind of tiptoe through, let's just say you go to a restaurant and you tiptoe and act really meek and kind of undecisive, but you're actually very powerful and you know what the hell you want. Other people feel that. And so you're not in alignment with the energy of who you are. And so you can, you know, I hear this from people. It's like, ah, you know, I just ne- never get what I want. Like nobody ever understands me. And it's so, it's that where you're not, you're not being who you are. <laughs> we're, we kind of try to mimic or we, and you know, we don't always want to be the powerful knowing person. Sometimes we just like want somebody to help us out and take care of us for a second. And if that's really like the energy you're in, then just, uh, you know, claim that energy, just really be in that energy and just really fully shift down into like, you know, in this moment, I'm just going to chill. And what I'd like to see happen is you figure it out, you know, and and you make that help me be part of it and I'll enjoy it and have a good time. And I won't have to be the one making all of the damn decisions. So when we know who we are, from that point, we can shift gears so that we're not always 100% if we're a 100% type of people. Okay, let me make one more fine point on that. So uh, again, that can look like I'm on the phone with a student this week. She's one of the most, you know, oldest souls I've ever met. Just absolutely hates society as it is, you know, absolutely just ridiculously psychic on all accounts, you know, very clairvoyant, very clairsentient, claircognizant. She just knows, right? So my work with her has always been like, well, you do that because you're sensitive. You do that because you're psychic. And she'll be like, oh, you know, well, okay. You know, she, she interprets herself as something's wrong with her when really the problem is she's super tuned in. So how does that look? She tells me the story of she's going to the grocery store. She's waiting in the truck while her partner goes into the, into the store. While she's outside in the parking lot, four cars pull up. They all turn on their music really loud. They're all on the same station. And then they all go into the store while the cars are playing. So as a sensitive, she's like, somebody's going to die. You know what I mean? Like that just looks so weird to her. And that got all her, her intuition up. Like this is not, this is, there's too much energy here, i.e. it must be up to no good. So she's immediately asking her guide, you know, am I safe here? Or am I going to get blown up? Like what is going on? Well, she got herself so amped up that she, she told me, she's like, I forgot to ask my guide, which is what I teach people to do because you can get that energy. Like this is not computing. And I really, really teach people how to ask their birth guides. The, the, appropriate thing to do would be like, am I safe or do I need to move, move my truck? You know, next question, do I need to call the authorities? Next question, are these guys just being cool? You know, which is like the truth of the moment. These guys just thought that was super cool and they were going to blast their music and go in and put on a show. 
You know what I mean? Some people just like attention. That doesn't mean they want to cause harm. And so, you know, the old soul will catastrophize, catastrophize, I don't know if I'm saying that right. And that's just such an old thing to, old soul thing to do because we've had a lot of past lives of getting, you know, killed. (laughs) So, and, and then if she's a medium and if you're a medium on top of it, often I experience my day through the lens of death. And so as a medium, and she would relate to the story, like as a medium, I say goodbye to my kids at school and I have never dropped them off without considering, would this be my final goodbye to them? Uh, If my kids want to go anywhere that I'm not going to be, I have to filter it through, can they die? You know, it's, so I'm, I'm just sharing that part with you because if you are a medium, this is also something you must know about yourself and your intuition is there to show you. If you see the world through the lens of death in any capacity, that is a cue that you're a medium. And that's not something to shut down or be shameful for, or uh, I could get into a whole other conversation because it's come up a lot this week in the work with clients. Um, but one of the more rare psychic gifts, intuitive gifts is got clairvoyance. So a lot of the other clairs are more prevalent in, in people. So the reason we think all intuition should look like clairvoyantly is because of Hollywood. It's because of the movies we watched, which by the way, uh, clairvoyance, you know, clear seeing is the way the medium of television or movie can portray that clair, that psychic skill. So it's not much a move of a movie if you're clairsentient and all of a sudden the psychic has a feeling that's harder to show on screen because mm, it's just much more textural if you clairvoyantly show a psychic impression, especially these days with all the, you know, tricks that they can do it's incredible what they can do. So they can paint more visual pictures and, um, you know, showing that this person's having a psychic experience clairvoyantly through film. It's a, it's a visual medium, but most people are clairsentient feeling, clairaudient hearing and claircognizant knowing. And that is just the truth of it. So even if you're a medium, you can feel things, you can have a sense of death for a lot of the things that you do. Um, you can know things that just either bring you certainty or terror, depending on what you're downloading. (laughs) That's a whole other conversation too. But so I just, you know, these three ways that man, above all intuition, confidence with your intuition brings in your voice. It brings in your ability to ask questions and put words to energy so that you understand what you're thinking and feeling and knowing and hearing better. Um, I can pretty much ask anybody anything at this point because I am more mm, passionate about the energy. And if it's really lighting up in me, then I know it's something I need to pay attention to. So I'm in the habit now of just asking people what's up if I'm experiencing it that way. Um, So number one is that it brings in trust, man. You just trust yourself. And with that trust, um, number two is that you learn and you know the cues that are right for you. Like I said, my husband and I are married almost 20 years, I think this month it's 17 for sure. 
uh, I'm, I met the guy in, uh, like I'd seen him in the gym. I saw his little ears light up. I think I asked him out April. We were engaged by July. We're married by November and you know, we're almost 20 years here. So yeah, logically that didn't make any sense, but of all the men I've ever known, he to this day is the most unique, i.e. we were meant to be. It's pretty simple actually. So, um, I'm thankful for the way I do energy because that's just the way it is. If something gets drawn out, I overanalyze stuff and talk myself out of stuff. So energy has to move quickly for me and you may be very different. And so the only point is that you take the cues for your life and make decisions that are healthy and right for you. And finally, that third one was that your intuition builds confidence through you knowing and accepting yourself, who and what you are. Um, if I can just add a little, it, let's just say, because I know some people don't believe in it, but belief doesn't matter. It, this is just the way it is. But if you have past lives, and then, so those are unique to you. And then when you actually came into this dimension, and there are other dimensions, and that's another conversation, but let's just say the travel of your soul is unique to you. When you were created, what dimensions you go to, what past lives you've had. Um, there is a whole like species type thing, like people can be angels, and then other people can be different, like star people. So like we can come really like, from other places. That's a whole other conversation. I know I'm trying to simplify something that's very complex, but really it's just you, you are a unique being. And the most important to know that about you is you. And from that point of view, you can just really confidently explain yourself to others if it's appropriate. You know, we don't have to justify who we are to other people. We don't have to prove it. Um, but so you can be confident in knowing who and what you are, uh, when you dare let your intuition and you're that spirit and that soul, that higher self, um, guide you and encourage you to who and what you are in this life, what's right for you. You know, it, I think you could, um, I think we could all agree, like whatever is really the truth for people, it's from that point of view, we can all get behind it you know, but it's like when it's, it's not, it doesn't feel right. Like that's when I think we have problems with each other making funny decisions. Um, so knowing that, that, you know, what's right for you is the most important thing. So I could really carry on, but I'm going to button it up. So our final, um, number nine of your, of the, you and our intuitive series, uh, should be next week. Um, the next week at the latest, and that will honestly be the last podcast of this year. And we'll be in 2022. Can you believe it? I'm actually looking forward to it. So, um, anyway, I'll talk to you then. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, Go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.